Good morning, Bay City Church. It's uh, wonderful to be with you again. It's Sunday the 14th of June and we are definitely touching a lot of the winter season at this time. I saw a photograph of Nadine this week in the snow in Simonstown. I don't know when last I heard of snow being in Simonstown, but we can feel the effects of it being a little bit chilly. So I trust that you're keeping warm and keeping safe in these unpredictable times, really times where we just can't predict what is taking in the future, what's coming, but we know the Almighty God is with us and He's for us. So we're going to be recording videos as well, placing them on YouTube, placing them on Facebook, so we give people more access to be able to see us kind of over this time. And uh, this has been a, a revolution of technology for me to slowly get involved in all these avenues of technology that we are slowly breaching and uh, getting used to a little bit more and more. So it is a bit different talking to a camera like this, where I could just sit and chat to a voice note, but hey, it's been good to be able to see. And I know I can't see you, but you can see me and you can see how we are doing in these times. So I just want to get right into it and we're going to pick up from where we've left off from last week. We chatted into uh, chapter one of Joshua and we understood there how Joshua was preparing the people to cross over. And if ever there's a time for us now as the church, we've been preparing ourselves. What did I say at the beginning of lockdown? This is separation for preparation. And God has been preparing our hearts. And man, we've been going through many things in our own hearts and lives. I know that in, in our home and many people I've spoken to, the ups and the downs that we are facing in our emotions and stuff. It's normal. The stuff we're facing today is just so irregular to what our normal society is and stuff. So get get understanding, get used to the understanding that our God is good, that uh, He is for us in every way. But these times are unpredictable. But we look to Him and they are crossing over now as the church into a, a beautiful era that God is going to do and great things in store for us as the wineskins are being adjusted for Him to do more. And we pick up the story in um, in chapter 2 today where... Well, I'm not going to read the full chapter. I'll just paraphrase a little bit there if you want to pause at this stage and maybe read the chapter. But it's essentially where Joshua sends out two spies and they go and survey the land. And he says, go and, go and look at the land, especially Jericho. And go and have a look at that city. And they come into the home of the prostitute Rahab and they um, inspect and look around and she makes a deal with them. And she barters basically of like, hey man, if you guys are going to come attack us, We've heard things about your God. And I just want to read that in, in verse 9 of chapter 2. It says, she says to them, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you, for the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth below. Therefore, now I beg you, swear to me that the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show me kindness, my Father's house kindness, and give me a true token, meaning like we'll swear an oath to me. And uh, that's her kind of plea bargain she makes with these men that have come to inspect the land. And then the story goes on, she kind of lies for them and uh, hides them on the top of her roof and they come looking for her and these men go out and chase her and then she lets these men out through the, the rope of, her, of the window that's in the wall. And 
I think the, the intriguing thing that, that sticks out for me in this is the story. And there were so many things spinning on my heart of, you know, what to speak about and what to touch. And I was thinking about the walls being an analogy in our own lives and how we have walls that we built up and stuff. And But, you know, that's that's a part of lives. That's how we kind of live and walk. And we learn to be honest and trust, build trust with people, being vulnerable. That's the kingdom lifestyle. But the thing that I've just said as I've pondered through this over the last while is the reality of the faith and obedience that stood out in the story. And again, Martin has just brought this forth in his story that we've been following in God's story on the teaching that he's made and given us. And, you know, for me, I, I, I was thinking on the context of her faith. So what has she heard? She has heard stories of the mighty God of Israel that has done mighty things for them. And she explains to them how the hearts of our people have melted. And basically, you've beaten us already. You haven't even come and fought us, but you've beaten us already because we've heard stories. We've heard testimony of how powerful your God is. And she asks of them, you know, that she could also be saved. And you think in that context, God had chosen a people. He chose with the seed of Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob and the 12 tribes of Israel that came from that, and that he birthed a nation from the seed of Abraham and set course on a chosen people that he'd set in place. But yet, through the story, and we read later on, we'll see as the walls do collapse, that Rahab and her whole family are saved. And, and the context of understanding that is that she put faith in the Almighty God because of the testimonies and stories that she'd heard and there was a there was a there was a responsibility on her that she would obey because they say to her a little later and so she in verse fifteen it says so she let them down by a rope through the window of her house who was on uh, uh, her house was on the city wall and she dwelt on the wall and she said to them get to the mountain let the pursuers meet you hide three days until the pursuers have returned and afterwards may go your way so the men said to her we will be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made us swear. Unless, when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all the fathers and your father's household to, to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall not be on his own head. His blood shall be on his own head and, will not, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. If a hand is laid on them. And they're just agreeing to that. If you be obedient to what we've asked of you. You and your family. Whoever's in that house will be saved. And they're those two things again. Faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. And you think in our lives. How our faith is tested. We are in a season now where our faith is tested. Through things of the goodness of God. And the things that are working out. Many of us are in tough positions. The financially and our work and all the realities that we're facing. Some of us are, I know people that are facing the COVID. I've heard more and more people that are getting closer to us who are actually contracting the virus. There's a reality of this thing that is around and out there. And we are being tested in this season. But we have to hold on to the faith and the truth of the Almighty God. Faith and obedience. And I, I was reminded of the story of the Canaanite woman that spoke to Jesus. And um, I just want to read part of that story here in um, Luke 15. Sorry, let me just turn there quickly. Luke 10, I think it is. No, sorry, that's another verse where 
God is, Jesus is speaking about the 72 that come back. Sorry, I just didn't have this saved. Matthew 15, sorry. And it says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. Now, remember, the Canaanites were not people they associated with. This was not people that they kind of were in any kind of place. And being a woman, they were not going to speak to her. And he answered, this is Jesus' response to her. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the, the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yes. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. What is the response of Jesus to this woman? His response to her was, the faith that she had in placing in him as a Canaanite woman. She was not part of the people. Jesus said the line here, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I didn't come, I didn't come for you at this time. Jesus knew the bigger picture. But how beautiful is that story that relates to a Canaanite woman who placed faith in the Almighty God because of the testimony and the good that God has, was, was doing with the people of Israel melted their hearts she drew and saying i want to be a part of that i want to be saved and god honored her request thousands well i know maybe hundreds of years later jesus in the same scenario is approached by a, the, the a canaanite woman and he responds to her faith even though he almost seemingly like dismisses her and pushes her aside but he he responds to her faith because she knew he was the living god she understood who he was. And it says in that moment, in that hour, her daughter was set free of this demonic oppression that she was struggling with. You know, faith is, a, is an untangible, sorry, it's, an, it's a tangible thing. Sometimes we feel that grows inside of our hearts. The beginning of Hebrew 11, you know, faith is the substance of things unseen. And how beautiful it is that her, her faith was honored because of what she believed that Jesus could honor in, in asking of her daughter. And you, you go on and you read in Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 11 verses 30, 31. It says this, you know, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. And here this woman is made mention of in the Bible and remembered for thousands of years of being part of the story, makes it into Hebrews 11, which is like the hall of faith. You know, we would get the Hall of Fame and some sportsmen get added to the big Hall of Fame and their names are remembered forever for all they've achieved. Her name is written in the Bible, giving context to her faith. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. I mean, how, how powerful is that, that she gets recognized and her story gets told for all time? You read in the beginning of Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus she gets a mention in the 42 generations that are built up to the birth of the Messiah through the virgin birth of Mary. And she gets a mention in there. Folks, it just, it just defies what we sometimes think how God works. 
when we don't understand his goodness, when we don't understand the power of his love to see that all would be saved. You know, faith, Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing the word, hearing the word that we understand the word is Jesus. So the word can be preached. The word Jesus can speak to you, you can read the word and the word speaks to you. But she heard word of of who this mighty God was. And in that, her faith responded to that and she was saved. And her whole family was saved. And then a Canaanite woman hears word of this Jesus that can save and set free and has power over the demonic forces. And she responds and cries and begs with him. And he seemingly dismisses, but she responds in faith and God responds. And the word also says that what is, what is the son of man when he returns? What is he going to be looking for? He's going to be looking for faith on this earth. Our faith in this time, folks, is being tested. We want to get back together to church. We want to be able to kind of hold on to what we've had before. But we've got to, we've got to hold on with faith to the things that are unseen, to the unfamiliar, the, 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 the road ahead of us that maybe isn't very clear for all of us. Some of us have got a path we've got to try and navigate. It's faith, faith in the Almighty God that He wants to save. And in this constant of faith and salvation, you know, and knowing our lives are securing God. I was watching something this last week about sportsmen and, and people intrigue me. People's achievements intrigue me on earth. Not that I want to try and be like them, but I was watching something about Mike Tyson, the boxer. I mean, clearly his life had many ups and downs and, and speak. But I, I, as I was watching, and was, it was relating to uh, Tupac, who was a, a rapper in the 90s who was murdered and killed after Tyson had fought a fight in Las Vegas and he was shot in the street. And it's a, a kind of story around that. And I, and I reflected on his life and then other sportsmen's lives. I think, you know, some people achieve great things here on this earth. They, they really do. Some people are, they, the things they achieve on this side, on, on earth, are quite phenomenal. And are remembered and they go down. But, you know, for some generations, some are forgotten and don't even worry about. And they are gone forever in these stories that don't maybe get passed on. But... You know, it means it means nothing. It actually means nothing in the context of our faith in the Almighty God. We, Rahab, she's remembered forever because she had faith. What did she achieve? She was a prostitute. She was living a life of promiscuity. And clearly, because of her faith, God saved her. And I think, you know, whatever you achieve, and we get so caught up in success on earth and all the realities, and Paul often speaks about the, 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 that, you know, gives context to life here on earth. And he speaks about, well, you know, if with these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's speaking about rewards of what we get in heaven one day for what we deal with and how we go through here on earth. And what we achieve here on earth is so minute and minuscule compared to what we will have one day in glory. And let that be our focus. Let that be our attention of the faith we have in Almighty God. It's it's not to achieve the greatness here on earth. It's to do great things for the kingdom. But then by doing great things for the kingdom, we are marking by what we receive in heaven and the rewards we get for living a life for God by faith. And then that word that links onto that is obedience, the power of obedience. And the verses that always come to me when I think of obedience is, you know, is that um, 1 Samuel 15 that speaks about, let me read it here. <clears throat> Obedience is better than sacrifice. And the context of this passage here is where Saul is rejected as king over Israel because he clearly was disobedient and they went to fight 
and they and they and the Lord said, "Smite and kill everybody." And then Samuel came and heard this bleating of sheep in the background, and Saul was so afraid of the people. And he's and this is what this is what um, Samuel says to him. It says one Samuel fifteen twenty two. It says, "Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice." And to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination. And presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. And when those, those words just stuck out of me. We, we sometimes don't realize maybe the, the intensity of our disobedience. And how that is viewed to, to God's eyes as we want to live for him and want to serve him and give ourselves to him. And I, I, I was just struck by a passage in, 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 in Micah that also just struck out speaking about this, um, uh, the obedience is better than sacrifice. And I just want to find it because it's, it's, it's linked to this passage here. Let me just get there. Micah, it says here, it says, With what shall I come before the Lord and buy myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I mean, those, those words are so, so powerful. Walk humbly before your God. And the thing that stuck out for me, this thing with obedience, you see, Saul, Saul was in being made king. You know, it was the plea of the people. They wanted to be like the other nations. We want a king. We want a king. And God granted their request. And he always wanted to work through his prophets, so his prophet to speak to the people, to speak to the nation. And to lead, and they succumbed to that, and they and they got what they wanted, but he required a king to be obedient. And these words that that Samuel says to Saul, he says, "Rebellion is a sin of divination." Think how we get we can get rebellious in our own selves against stuff and things that come our way, and presumption. Oh, that hits my heart. Where we never get presumptuous about the presence of God. We never get presumptuous about His goodness. Presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Just get accustomed to, oh, God's good. We can just, you know, carry on and do what we want to do. Really? I don't, I don't see it like that. I think obedience is, is a life sacrifice towards and for the Almighty God. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. The word, the word that brings life, that brings freedom, that brings truth. He has also rejected you from being king. And we are kings and priests. That's what the, the power of what Jesus has given us. Now we are kings and priests before the Almighty God. And there's two words, faith and obedience. More than ever in today's time, that word faith, it shows what God responds to faith. When you think of Canaanite women who have no lineage, no line and any thought in a way from what the Israelite people would have seen that they would be a part of what God would do and the stories would be told about them forever. God responded to their faith. 
and the power of obedience, just to be obedient to what the Almighty says to us. You see, you know, we had to make a decision as an eldership. We, we don't feel we need to open the building right now for meetings and to try and gather, to try and get back to normal. We had to be obedient. And it's not what the people say. It's what the Almighty is leading us and guiding us. And Saul, out of fear, responded to the people. The church has, has compromised in this day and age because of playing to what the people require. So we have to be politically correct in how we speak about things, how we say things. We can't offend this group. We can't offend that group of people. And we've compromised because we're trying to play nice. We need to be obedient to the voice of the Almighty God that leads us. And I want to I want to ask of you today, be obedient to what God is saying to you. And I, I've said this before, you know, be obedient to what He says to you about blessing people. He'll drop people on your heart. Be obedient about praying for people. Be obedient about what He lays in your heart, the mandates that He's given you to live by and to be an example and an ambassador for His kingdom here on earth, that you live according to these two very easy and simple words, faith, and obedience. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, and sacrifice in today's, we don't, you know, kill the ram and the lamb and the things like that for sacrifice. But our spiritual duties that we play towards the Almighty are not sacrifice to Him. He looks straight to your heart. He looks straight to the depths of your motivation to want to serve and want to live for Him. And I, and I just want to, I want to kind of wrap up here with another tact Oh, another tack on the whole idea of the walls. You know, we, we're living in a time and an era that is uncertain. And it's very easy for us to put walls up in our lives. And, and, and we can, you know, push people away to try and protect ourselves. And we, we don't invite people's voices in to speak to us. And I, and I really feel that part of the journey of faith, part of the walk of obedience is that you don't, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, He's defending his, and he's speaking about his apostolic ministry that he's been given from God. And how he's walking, and he speaks about that we don't boast, we don't contend for ourselves and what we do and stuff. But he says, there are those that judge themselves by themselves. And, 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 and the message, or the, the Passion Translation ends that whole passage with, what delusion that we judge ourselves by ourselves, meaning, I'm, I'm doing okay. Your measure of yourself that you're doing okay is an interesting measure because according to ourselves, we're always doing okay. And I know we can be hard on ourselves and we have up and down times and stuff, but these walls that we put up around us, you know, in a way, those two spies that came in, they breached the walls and they kind of ran right into Rahab and her family. And in that, by coming right into her context, she got saved. And I want, I want to invite you at this time and this kind of season that we're living in now where it's uncertain and predictable i keep saying those words i know but let's not put up walls that push people away and we kind of measure ourselves by ourselves that we're doing okay this i know is the power of community and the power of what it is together and we've been limited by being able to be together if you're not reaching out and having one or two people in your world that you can measure up and can speak into your life. Not only the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us. I know I have to have people in my life that I'm accountable to. People that I hold myself to. Because it's so easy to judge myself by myself and say, Hey, I'm doing fine. Things are good. It's other people in my world that help me. Not nitpicking. But actually help me to see 
the reality of my true, where I might be wrong, where I might just be thinking wrong, because it all starts with thinking. Your thinking becomes your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habit becomes your destiny. And before you know it, your thinking has led you way off course. And I want to invite you in this time, you know, in season where it's difficult, we're maybe not connecting with a lot of people, but let's use the mediums of WhatsApp. And if you can get onto things like Zoom and just connect along the lines with people, just have connection. Because when we invite more and more people and people aren't as spies into our lives to kind of oh, come check you out, to kind of think, be weary of those people because they're after something. But invite people into your life, your family and wives. I mean, I, we had a chat this week with a guy up country who was doing his thesis and his master's on church leadership. And he wanted to talk to different church leaders to get an idea and a context of how they see and say things and perspective. And then he asked the good questions of, you know, you know, what is your strength? You know, yes, well, my strength, I feel of this and that. And then the inevitable question of, well, what are your weaknesses? You know, and I mean, I answered him as best as I could, but I, I went away from that, not, not fully happy with my answer. I mean, I think I gave, you know, what came up for me because I wasn't prepared for the answers. You just asked them as they came along. And then I, I was sitting in the, the lounge a little later after and I said to Kathleen, I was talking about it and I said to her, well, what do you think my, my weaknesses are? And like, try open the door for <laughs> somebody to speak in. You've got to do this with people you trust. You know, and I said, well, what do you think my weaknesses are? And I mean, she rattled off a few things fairly quickly, but <laughs> regardless. But it's someone I could trust, someone I knew that would speak into my life with love and to, and to challenge me and to say, well, there's this and there's that and you take cognizance of it and it's always not nice and easy to hear because we want to be firm and strong. I want to invite you, see the walls we build up around us, those walls will eventually become barriers that keep everybody out and you will become, you know, your, your captain of your own ship and in, in a way set a course that actually might not be beneficial for your own life and for others. And I, in this time, just I really encourage you, cross the lines, just WhatsApp people, connect. And just I know he, Zeta's just given me such great feedback from the line we've opened for people to contact on healing rooms. If you want prayer, want someone to stand with you, contact that number. There are a host of people just willing and wanting just to pray with you, just to stand with you, just to just to encourage you, just to be with you together. That's the power of what it is to be a community. And we can drop these facades, we can drop these walls. As we learn to live these lives of faith, we live these lives of obedience to the Almighty God in these uncertain times. Because if God could save a Canaanite woman and his family who had no connection, lineage at all because of their faith and obedience. If a Canaanite woman in the New Testament begging and crying out to Jesus that her daughter would be set free from demonic oppression and he does the miracle for her. How much more? For us who are now have been grafted into this incredible story that God has set in place for us. Now, we are children of God, heirs to the throne of the Almighty God. How much more will he want to pour out to us? How much more will he want to give to us, his children, when we walk in faith and we walk in obedience? And we've got to hold on to these truths. So I bless you with that today. And uh, trust that you've enjoyed this being on YouTube and a context to be able to see and to connect. So I just want to honor the Almighty. Father, I want to thank you that you are with us. You're leading us as a community. We're holding on to the truths of, of the faith that we have in you, 
Thank you, Lord, the joy of what it is to be obedient to living for you and your kingdom. Father, I pray that in our hearts, Lord, the, uh, the, the reality of being ambassadors for your kingdom would shine through in these days. I want to pray that you would stir in our hearts, Lord Jesus, to believe you for these things that you've said, you know, abide in me. And you can ask anything in my name, Lord. We are asking of you and thanking that the harvest is white at this time. We thank you that many will be turning to the truth and putting their faith into you, the Almighty God, knowing that you are their hope and their life in everything they have in these times of uncertainty. So, Father, I pray faith into the hearts of the believers listening to this today. I pray faith into those that don't know you today that may be hearing this. I pray that you would quicken their spirits to respond and, and surrender their lives. For those who maybe don't know the Almighty and are listening to this today, I invite you to pray a prayer where you open your heart and confess your sins to the Almighty and say, Lord, come and save me by the power of your Spirit. Set me free from the laws of sin and death. And, in, uh, and, and invite the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within you. He will, he will, he will rush in. He will rush in. And, 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 and Father, we want to thank you that you are good to us. We thank you that your goodness and your love will never, ever fail us. And we hold on to these truths. And we bless you today for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you as well as I just finish off. Many of your neighbors you're going to be connecting with in times like this. And just speaking, trust that the walls of your neighbor's hearts are going to be lowered and unguarded at these times because people are asking questions. Trust that your connection, your sphere of influence, maybe in work and surroundings where you've got people, people are hungry to know the truth. People are hungry to understand. And your testimony about hope and faith and righteousness and joy, uh, you know, as, as the, the fruits of the kingdom of God will be the testimony. Rahab's looked at the testimony of the Israelites and wanted to be saved and wanted to be a part of that. Let, let people see, and I've actually got a quote here that I want to quote Martin on, that he said in our God story thing as I finished with this. He said, um, let me just find it here. Um, sorry. Yeah, I quote Martin. He says, unbelievers don't necessarily read the Bible. The book they read is your life. And your life is the testimony. Your life is the book they read to see the goodness of God. And I trust that as you connect with the people in your area, connect as you're walking around, there's more activity with that. As you connect with people in the sphere of work and people just are asking questions, be open to give the love, the truth of the gospel, the testimony of the Almighty God. Tell the stories about what's happening at the bay. Tell the stories about the food and the provision that God is pouring out to us in a miraculous way. Tell the stories and God will honor that and let's trust that many come to faith and believe the goodness of our mighty God. So I bless you today. Stand firm, stand strong. Amen. Amen.